the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubale Agbayani. Good morning, beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I am Kule Agbayani alongside Paul Breck this morning back in studio. He was out at UH football practice yesterday as spring practice is on their underway. We'll talk about that more in just a second and also hear from head coach Timmy Chang of what he had to say following day one. Also coming up, uh, we'll definitely get into a lot of University of Hawaii basketball talk and hear, um, you know, Hawaii getting that much needed and a must win on Saturday as they get ready to go on their road trip and now regroup. And pretty much every single game from here on out is a must win for the men's basketball team. But uh, we will recap their match or match. I'm in like volleyball mode, baseball mode. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> recap their game uh, against Cal Poly and then hear from Noel Coleman and Joe Vaughn McClanahan. Also coming up, uh, get you some updates on the a lot going on in high school sports. The uh, HHSA State Girls Soccer Tournament is going on right now. First round for the Division One uh, happened yesterday. Also some exciting girls basketball that took place last night. I know our Michael Lescaro was um, out pretty late at night last night because the second game between Moanalua and Campbell went to overtime. Nope, not just one, but double overtime. So we'll tell you about that and get you those matchups as we go throughout the show. All right, but first, going back to University of Hawaii football, as we mentioned that the spring ball is underway. Practices are open to the public. We have the schedule on our website at hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the Hawaii football tab the uh, practices are generally 7 to 9 almost every day. So basically Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday uh, throughout the week. So if you only have Saturday, then well, Tough. you'll be like me that I can't go to any practices because I'm here hanging out with all of you beautiful people. So, uh, But if you are one that is lucky to not have to work on the weekday or at least work early, the practices are open to the public. However, please refrain from taking any photos or videos, especially, and this is especially, when the teams are in formation. So that's a big, big deal. Don't ruin it for everybody. All right. But before we get into it, here is what head coach Timmy Chang had to say. And he starts off first with his response when being asked why spring training is a lot earlier than most other schools and what is generally when we start because last year was out of necessity, obviously, with the uh, needing to get the construction started at the grass fields. But yeah, here's his response. That's how it starts off with with being asked, why is spring ball moved up? Yeah, uh, we're going to get to work on um, on strength and conditioning and, and really just getting faster and bigger uh, on the back end. Um, you know, it's a it's all about scheduling and what you're trying to emphasize. And so we start school a lot earlier um, than other places in the country. Um, so in the spring break, you got to work around spring break. But I, I, the schedule allows us to have gone three weeks in and then a four-week uh, spring ball, and then we get nine weeks on the back end of, uh, of pure strength and, and, and speed training. And so um, that's going to carry well for us going into May as well as uh, 
uh, our summer workouts in June and July. Uh, being out here day one, uh, just seeing the new coaches you brought in, the new players in the roster, guys that have returned, uh, just how excited are you to see this team and, and its evolution? Yeah, I mean, uh, you start practice at 7 and guys, you know, a bunch of the guys are, I don't know how many guys, but they're all out here at 620. And that's just kind of the, the way that the guys have been responding and, and really just, they're just, they're just in a good spot right now where, where they want to perform, they want to do better, they want to be better as a team. But the coaches have been good. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're professionals and they're, they're experienced and they're veterans. And so, uh, you know, they, they had a good dynamic. It's a lot of good film, a lot of good reps, a lot of good teaching. And so uh, it'll be good to go and watch the film and then just kind of continuously correct these guys. Talk about the film. I noticed the quarterbacks got Bill Pros on Talk about that and kind of uh, you guys using that as a tool and kind of what's, what's kind of the reason behind um, putting those out there for you guys. Yeah, we got to thank Tua, you know, and Hard Knox and the Miami Dolphins for um, for showing us, uh, you know, how we could use. I mean, we're part of. I was I was in a place in that in Nevada where we work we work with VR and um, putting on the headsets and those type of things. And you know, we had a camera in the back, so quarterbacks could get an extra view. Um, after I saw that episode with, uh, with calling the plays and getting the eyes right, it's just another angle, and you can hear the quarterback and see where his eyes are at, um, pre-snap, post-snap, during the play. And so it's just a good tool for us to use. And, so, um, and it worked for two of them. Gosh, he had a great year. Huh? You guys got four of them, one for each quarterback? Uh, we're using one right now, so we'll, we'll see how that goes with one, and then, uh, then we'll move from there. Uh, talk about uh, Coach Dan and having him here. I know he's been here for the last couple of years, um, kind of intermittently uh, helping and advising with that uh, on your staff, on the quarterback room and for this offense. You know, what does he add to, to, to this Coach Dan is special. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. The, the staff is very fortunate. The school is very fortunate. Uh, my players are fortunate he's here. I mean, he's a, he's a football treasure in my eyes. I mean, I mean he's... You know, he's, he's seen a lot, and he's been with June for the last 24 years, I believe. Um, and for him to jump on our staff and, you know, really thinking about it, this is his first staff since since being with June all those years. Um, the quarterbacks that he's been a part of, um, you know, it's an amazing uh, resume. But I, I think it's a lot deeper when you get in the film room with him. And we're talking X's and O's. We're talking about getting on the same page and coaching the run to shoot offense. And, and, Getting receivers and quarterbacks to do the things they need to do. I mean, it's a it's a blessing, and um, we're, we're very lucky to have them. Obviously, still a long road to go, but what does this time of the year represent as far as what it means to what you can accomplish? Yeah, yeah, it's everything. I think um, I think um, these guys are in a, a spot, and they understand. Uh, you know, and, and we we help them understand that everything matters. Um, as early as them checking in January 7th on a Sunday at 4 o'clock to start the team meeting. I mean, it started there, and it's just going to be a continuation of their progress and, and building uh, to get to where we need to get to. And so, you know, they're locked in, we're locked in. Uh, it's, just, it's just a process now. Are you guys locked in for your spring game with aid and setting and, and all that stuff? Yeah. I got to go check with the athletic director. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, It'll, they'll happen. There'll be one, um, but we have a lot of events that weekend on the 23rd, 24th. So we're we're thinking about locking in the February 25th. 
<laughs> that was UH football head coach Timmy Chang following day one of spring practice yesterday. And as he mentioned towards the end of that, the still up in the air are the plans for the spring game. So fortunately, it seems like there will be one because if you guys recall, his first year there was one and they made a whole big day out of it. And then the second year it was all business. Not saying that this year isn't business, but you know, last year he really wanted just to lock in when it came to spring. So there was no spring game. So fortunately this year they seem to be bringing it back. But as he said, there's a lot of stuff going on. So it's just uh, figuring out the date and the extra details. But you can earmark for now, February 25th. Um, and that that's the date he quoted. But we'll get you more information once we know. And like I said, if you guys want to see the practice scheduled times, you can go to hawaiisportsradio.com and click on the Hawaii football tab for not only the practice schedule, but we have the full interview. Well, that was a full interview with Timmy Chang. Also, you can look, go to our YouTube channel or that tab I just mentioned. And along with the uh, post-practice scrum with Timmy, you'll get to hear from the new defensive coordinator and quarterback cornerbacks coach Dennis Thurman and uh, quarterback Braden Shager and also cornerback. It's like Blah, 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 same thing. Same words, kind of. <laughs> cornerback Cam Stone. So I you can have get always struggled with quarterback, cornerback, and cornerback. It's it, from the <laughs> moment I started watching football, it confused the living like, daylights as I started out of eight-year-old Paul. I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds like the same word. So, defensive coordinator and cornerbacks coach Dennis Thurman, quarterback. We won't say QB one because. You know, it's very much still competitive right now. So one of the last year's starter, Braden Shager and cornerback, maybe I should just say CB, (laughs) CB, and then then it's like Chris Brown territory. You're talking our associate head coach. Just need to enunciate a little bit more. But (laughs) anyways, you can get there, hear from all of them, either going to our website at hawaiisportsradio.com or on our YouTube channel. Uh, So, yeah, it's one of the things that got pointed out in that. Uh, interview with Timmy and also Braden got asked is new this year is the GoPros on the the helmets of the football players and they actually mentioned that that was kind of inspired by Tua Tonga-Vailoa because we saw that with the Miami Dolphins practice so that's pretty cool where the quarterbacks and the coaches can look and see what I mean obviously it's a little bit higher than their eye level of course but for the most part you can get a general idea of what the quarterback is seeing and make those adjustments especially when you have the guru and Dan Morrison, that's there now. Uh, one of the other things, besides what Paul and I were talking about, uh, Dennis, that stood out with Dennis Thurman. No, it's not that he broke Paul's heart and mentions the his time in Buffalo and not in New York with the Jets, but he mentions his time in Buffalo. But I think he was very honest in his answer without sounding too negative, you know, where he's like, yeah, we, we, we got a lot. We got some work to do basically, but he's just seeing this team for the first time. These kids are, you, you want to think he's that they're going to... biased. Like, yeah. let's just be real. He comes in as an unbiased yeah. set of eyes. He's never really watched them play before. He's, I, I mean, I'm sure he's watched some film going on in. You don't apply to a job completely blind, but coming on in, like, he, he knew that there was steps to be taken. And while you're right, yes, he did say there's work to be done. He also was plenty excited about the guys yeah. in-house and how, you know, their talent is there, their want to, their desire, all of the mm-hmm. coaching things that you need. If a guy doesn't want to learn, he will never learn. Mm-hmm. But if you have a guy who it's his lone desire 
it's the an insatiable desire to go and learn to be the best, then you can teach that. And that's what Dennis Thurman was talking about yesterday where he's got he's got guys. He's got guys who want to learn. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, and he said it in the quote that, that I tweeted out there, where those things are wonderful. They're great, and you need them to make for a good football team. But you also need to go out and execute on the field. You also have to go and do the, the darn thing once you get out there. And that's where they're still pretty far away from. And they'll get there. It's oh, just, yeah. it was day one, and they're working their way up. And he did say that once they're able to all get on the same page, they're going to be hard to beat because, again, yes, he's coming in as a new coach, unbiased, but at the same time, he is the defensive coordinator. So it's going to be his defense that everyone needs to get behind and his ideas and values. Obviously, Timmy Chang will have the final say, but I'm pretty sure Timmy will, for the most part, you know, rely on Dennis Thurman a lot to run what he wants to run, obviously also working with associate head coach um, and linebackers coach Chris Brown because he's been part of this defense for so long. So I agree with that. Once you get on the same page, everyone is has the same game plan in mind. We're going to be hard to beat. I'm excited about it because, <laughs> well, you also have to think about last year where it never felt like the offense and the defense were on the same page mm-hmm. at the same time. They were not playing well at the same time. When the defense yeah. finally figured it out, the offense wasn't rolling, and when the offense started rolling again, the defense kind of started to to get loose at the seams mm-hmm. because uh, whether it be injuries, whether it be young guys getting their first snaps at the position, so on and so forth. So last year it was very rare we saw complementary football. This year you look at it and you part of the reason you add so much experience to the coaching staff is so that you can get some consistency in playing complementary football. So you can play good defense and good offense Mm -hmm. at that same time. I'm excited for this year. Day one was a lot of fun. There were a lot of smiles out there. And smiles might not sound like the greatest thing in football, I know. Sometimes you're like, oh, they want to go (laughs) run through somebody. And they were. They were running through people as best they could on day one. But it's also clear that they're happy to be here, man. They oh, yeah. they are so happy to be representing the University of Hawaii, the state, the people. And, I mean, there there's a look in their eyes that last year was the start. Last year, they they have unfinished business now. It's ready to go take that next step into bowl contention, into competing with the top of the Mountain West once again. They're sick of losing. And uh, yeah, yeah. good. Because I know a lot of fans are too. <laughs> All of the fans are sick of losing. Especially, we have so much confidence in this team. And even more so than ever. And when we started last season the way we did, we thought like, oh, this is awesome. And then like you said, and in, in the middle, it's like, alright, what? who are we? What's our identity? Why can't you guys play well on both sides of the ball consistently? It was just like, everything's all over the place. And maybe now too, because... Timmy Chang doesn't necessarily have to feel like he entirely needs to take over offense or defense. It's like less for him to worry about and he can focus more on the bigger picture. But I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the next few weeks look like. So we'll make sure to keep you guys updated. Again, practices are open to the public. For the most part, it's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. at the Clarence T. Ching Athletics Complex. There's a couple of Mondays off. So um, but again, you can get the full schedule at hawaiisportsradio.com and just remember not to take out your cell phones when the team is in formation. So that's the only thing and don't ruin it for everybody. So other than that, 
open to the public, which is super nice for everyone that can make it out there. Sad face. <laughs> I was so bummed when I saw that there was none on the weekend. There was only like weightlifting days. I'm like, dang it. I can't go into anything. I can go to the spring game. They made the schedule specifically Thanks, to spite Jimmy. you. Thanks, Jimmy. I know. It's funny because my cousin had actually texted me last night because she watched the YouTube and she's like, how come they seem so like, she didn't say sad, but like, I don't know. And I was like, I, my response was, oh, probably because they realize they have to talk to us every day again. <laughs> oh, man. There are so many funny <laughs> stories about that. <laughs> but no, I'm like, they just finished practice. It's the first day. Um, they're fine. But anyways, uh, got to step aside. We'll be back to talk some UH basketball on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Ogbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. I'm just seeing this report. Which? Sorry, stick, sticking to college football. <laughs> Tennessee is under investigation by the NCAA for what is believed to be alleged major violations related to NIL. Cases believed to center around quarterback Nico Yamaleava and Spire Sports Group, Tennessee's largest collective. Well, I mean, we're going to continue to see oh more and more of these in the, the coming months and years. Uh, I mean, FSU just got popped as well. Um, Tennessee now, they won't be the last one. I'm sure there will be more. Well, and I'm sure it'll go quickly. There's just like the whole, I don't know if it's still going on at USC. probably is, but... These collectives are getting way too close to comfort with the schools. Because remember, there is not a lot of rules, but one of the main rules is that the schools cannot facilitate the NIL deals. Right. But they're becoming a little too close. Obviously, we know that's going on in these big schools, but these collectives are so closely tied and that people are able to prove that they're tied to the schools. So now this is where you get into more you know, Title IX, equal pay type of situations, which is why I've always been um, against schools directly paying their student athletes because, yeah, then you get to this who is more valuable than the other person and all that kind of stuff. It's just hard to gauge when it comes to the NCAA because of Title IX. And, yeah, still going to continue to see more issues. All right, well, anyways, sorry. I just saw that come across, and I'm like, I just think of Nico because he was, he's supposed to have this – Big year at Tennessee, had a good bowl game uh, now that he is likely to be the starter over there. But we will see what happens. All right. Are you going to say something? Oh. No. <laughs> no. I'm just looking through. I'm looking at, I saw uh, Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu, who was oh, yeah. made official this morning. Ooh. And uh, that's exciting. I'm excited for that as well. Just to kind of kick off our basketball conversation. I know that has nothing to do with UH basketball, <laughs> but. Still yeah. fun. It, nonetheless it's, it's a lot of fun yeah. it's cool to see the the women's game continue to get pushed and see a couple of the most prominent three-point shooters between the two professional leagues get to go at it one-on-one because um either way it's going to result in some really really fun memes and that's that's what it'll i'm even out more, here it'll be even more fun when Sabrina beats Steph Curry. Just yeah, because I have her jersey, just and I'll wear it in the next day. <laughs> I'll wear it for some YouTube. It's very easy. That's awesome. All right. Speaking of, uh, yeah, transitioning back home to the University of Hawaii, uh, UH men's basketball coming out with the win over Cal Poly at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center, 83-73 with... <laughs> 
the absurd, the craziest amount of free throws. What is this? Six, four, 60? five, six, 69. Was I was going to say it was 60 in the second half. I nine free throws that we saw on Saturday combined. I think combined teams, GH yeah. took 37 in the second half, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And I think Cal Poly took 23. It's so crazy. So it Cal was... Poly took 23 total and then Hawaii took 46 <sighs> total. It was insane down the stretch. But you know... I have to give it to Cal Poly. They the down the stretch though. I didn't. I thought it was a pretty solid game plan. I mean, if they were going to try to fight their way back into this game, especially when you had someone like Bernardo da Silva who has been very wishy washy with his free throws. He was seven for sixteen from the charity stripe on Saturday and continues to uh, be like somewhat struggle from there. But hey, Cal Poly clearly they. They have some things to work on. There's a reason why they are last in the Big West Conference. Kobe Sanders, though, putting up 32 points. That kid looks awesome. Uh, on our end, Noel Coleman leading all scoring with 23, followed by uh, Justin McCoy with 13, and then Jovan McClanahan also in double figures with 12. But before we uh, get into more with that game, here is what Noel Coleman and Jovan McClanahan had to say in the post game. <laughs> So, Noel, uh, obviously, big relief, um, big monkey off the back to get the W. Mm. But overall, uh, how would you assess um, how you guys played tonight as far as addressing all the issues you had coming into tonight? Um, I think we played way harder than, than before. Um, and I think we set the tone with that tonight. Um, you know, it is, it's every game this year is going to be a tough one. Um, it doesn't matter against who, but... Um, I, I think we came out with the right mindset today. You guys took 37 free throws in the second half. How difficult was it for you to kind of get in a, a rhythm when the game kind of has that stop-go so much? I would say that's the best way to get in a rhythm. Like just seeing the ball go in, you know what I mean? It's a free shot. And if they're going to foul us and give us a point or two, especially when you're in a bonus, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, it does kind of mess up the rhythm of a game, like wise. But I think as players, like you could just see the ball go in. You know I mean, it just kind of makes it easier to score. So you guys shot between I think twenty three out of twenty six in the final second half or quarter, or whatnot. Just what that meant for just the game. You guys shot seventy seventy six point one percent free throw line. No, I mean, I, we've been we've been honing in on our free throws. Um, in practice, you know what I mean? I think a lot of us is, is missing a lot for you, though. I think I, I've been struggling from the line this year for some reason. But today, I'm happy that, you know what I mean, me and Juan and Noel knocked down. Like, Noel went 11 for 12, which is incredible. You know what I mean? Everybody else knocked down their free throws. And I know Bernardo's working. You know what I mean? He wants to step, step up there and hit two free throws, and he'll keep working at it. But as long as we can, like, close games like that uh, and knock down free throws, it will put us in better positions to keep extending that lead, you know? about closing uh, the game and obviously you know you guys snapped a three game losing streak just how happy this feels for you guys and just what needs to continue because you guys go on the road and play Fullerton and Burbank. Um, yeah, it's, it's a big relief like you guys mentioned before but um, you know I, I think it'll just bring us good momentum going into next week um, you know getting that winning feeling back um, but I, I think we got to even hone down more on the details now this week um, you know, we got to keep playing hard, of course, but um, it's going to take care of, you know, taking care of the ball. You know, we had eight turnovers today, which is great. Uh, we got to keep taking care of it. 
No, well, it seems like the start of the second half, you guys really locked down uh, defensively and also really distributed the ball well. What was what happened, was the, the message at halftime? We just got to keep playing hard. Um, play hard, come out the gate really hard, um, you know, and share the ball. And that was uh, Noel Coleman and Jovan McClanahan following their, uh, obviously the shortened version, just a couple of answers following their win over Cal Poly, 83-73. So taking a look at the Big West Conference men's basketball standings, Hawaii now slides into making the tournament if it were to end today. Uh, so they are at 3-6, and six, just ahead of Cal State Bakersfield, uh, UC Riverside, and Cal Poly still at 0-9. So as we mentioned, so the eight top eight teams out of 11 make it in. However, actually, I guess we're two slots safe because UC San Diego, because they're still going through that uh, D2, D1 transition period. So they cannot make the uh, Big West tournament this year. But they are having quite a season as well. They are up there with UC Irvine. So UC Irvine, UC San Diego, both sitting at 8-1 and one at the top of the Big West Conference. But like I mentioned, UC San Diego is kind of, oh, well, they're just practicing for next year, I guess, because they I can't make the postseason. I think that's crappy, by the way. Uh, it's Like, so I really, I, I don't understand. I, I do understand a transition period, but if your team is good enough yeah. to make the tournament, they should make the tournament. Yeah. Like, that. that is... You are punishing the kids for the school making a jump. You're Do better their right. school. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't really understand the thought process behind yeah. it. I'm sure there is reasoning, and I'm sure somebody could could try and reason it out to me. I don't know if I would agree with it, but I think I really do think it's junk. Just because I don't know. You're taking away a top yeah. team, and you're punishing kids who are who. By the way, stayed at their school, and they're competing in a time where you see. So much transfer portal, transfer portal, transfer portal. They're playing quite literally for the love of the sport, for the love of their team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Not, I know that's not UH or whatever, but I, <laughs> I think that's like, I've always thought that was buco. Yeah. Especially, I mean, man, just when you see them do, and I'm sure they're like, man, we're doing so well and we can't even compete in the postseason. My only thought is, no, that wouldn't make sense either. Because then the conference would get the check from the NCAA. Yeah, it doesn't I'm make like, any sense. Yeah, because I'm like, wouldn't you want your best team to be able to compete in the conference tournament? Because eventually, if they win, they're the best team that can represent your conference, especially one like the Big West, who only gets like the championship winner that gets to make it into the right. 64. And you want to give yourself the best chances to collect that check from the NCAA as a conference. So yeah, from, a, from a business sense, that doesn't make any sense either. I, I don't it's, know. It's confusing. I would be frustrated if I was a UC San Diego fan. Either way, let's just help them out. Let's just start handing them a few losses <laughs> so they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, at least this, this could potentially help the University of Hawaii because we are teeter-tottering on the cusp of, of making that tournament. Again, we are fourth from the bottom as they go on their road trip now to play at Cal State Fullerton and oh, the top team in the conference at UC Irvine in California. Both games on Thursday and Saturday are at 5 o'clock p.m. Hawaii time and you can watch it on ESPN+. Plus. So fortunately, they will get a, I never want to say an opponent in this conference is easier, but a more equal opponent in Cal State Fullerton as they are just sitting ahead of Hawaii at 4-5. Yeah, they want. Oh my gosh! They why do they have the, our number on? Like, dang it! If if you haven't listened to it, go listen to that Noel and Javon post game because we do ask about that, and 
that that's one where they do give an answer that's like yeah this one means a little bit extra not not in any sense of like oh you know it's just that these guys have had their number for the last what four years it almost feels like now especially while these guys these specific two javon and noel have been in the program so um this one upcoming means a little bit extra to them as well all right i have to finish this men's basketball talk with a little rant (laughs) (gasps) you fans you know who you are hopefully i would assume it's not beautiful people that listen to the show but if you are one of them I'm talking to you. Can you not boo our own team, please? Like, I could hear it. I was under the weather on Saturday. I was l- watching it on Spectrum. And when they announced Iran Ganat during the starting lineup, I could hear boos, like, in the background. So I texted Paul. I texted my other half that was there. I'm like, are they booing Iran? And then from both of you guys who were at different sides of the arena said, Yep, that's what I heard. And I'm like, you guys, I understand everyone's frustrated. We get frustrated too. I understand that you can maybe disagree with the way he coaches, the way he recruits. That's fine. Like everyone's going to have their opinion. That's fine. He's still part of our team. He is still the coach of our team. And he is a good person. Like, all right, you again, you can disagree with how good of a coach or a recruiter, yada, 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 yada he is. He's a good person. He's a good human. He's always been very kind to the media. And it ticks me off when people want to boo our own team. Like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever, especially when they're a good human. All right. Hey, he did something shady and maybe messed up our whatever. Eh, All right. I understand. But, like, by all accounts, people, please stop. Like, don't boo. They're They're still part of our team. And I hate it so much. So I just had to rant that. Tell your friends or if you hear them boo when you're next to them at games. And maybe not just basketball. Maybe things will get weird with baseball. I don't know. Just, you know, give them a little nudge like, hey, don't boo our own team. Like, he's still our head coach. Again, at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I feel like he's a genuinely good, good person. His daughter is there watching every game. She's watching her dad get booed. Like, it's disgusting, people. Please stop doing that. My issue, I was disappointed, to be quite honest, mm-hmm. um, because you you texted me that, and I'll be honest, I I was trying my best to ignore it. I was trying my best to think of it as a figment of my imagination, because I do sit next to the band, so I hear plenty mm-hmm. of noises, and my, my hearing's going at the ripe age of 24. It was disappointing. Because I brag a lot to my friends, my family, the people back on the mainland, back on the East Coast about how classy the fans are here Mm -hmm. in Hawaii and how good they are to their own teams. And that was the opposite of that. That was embarrassing, to be quite honest. And I understand frustration. I understand understand all of those things. Trust me, I am a New York Knicks fan. This is the (laughs) first time I have seen a good basketball team that could be good for a long time. In my lifetime, Jets fan, I get bad teams, guys. This isn't a bad team. This isn't a bad coach. And even if it was, they're still our team. They're still our people. Like, why would you? I, why would you boo your family? I agree like, that's with the that. part that I'm like, come on now. But also, hey, guess what? The grass is not always greener. Look at Cal Poly's record over the last five years. That's a that's a solid human being, a good man there who leads them. 
mm-hmm. and look at his record. Now go look at Iran Ganat's record. You can have as many qualms of, as you want with him. Say he he inher- inherited roster, inherited players. He also inherited a pretty bad spot in terms of some... No scholarships. Some bad recruiting yeah. violations yeah. and whatnot coming on in. And guess what? Hawaii competes year in and year out. Every single year they compete. So if you got an issue, I get it. I totally understand. Yeah. yeah. But the grass isn't always greener. And also, the one thing that Hawaii fans always are able to hang their hats on is how classy they are. Mm-hmm. Don't let that change, please. Yeah, before my crazy twin, if she sees who's booing at him, is going to come up there and boo you in your face. <laughs> it just... It, joking, it but really, not joking. It really did <laughs> frustrate me, and I, I'm glad it frustrated you a little bit. And I, I know people might call us Iran Gana apologists for that, and you know what, whatever. I'm just, at the end of the day, there are better ways to go about it. I just never agree. Because we see it on national TV, too. People boo, like, NFL players on their own team. Like, I just never understand that. Like, why would... They're still your team. Like, that's what I'm trying to get to people. Like, they're still our team. They're still our family. He's a good person. And again, think of his daughter that's in the Stan Sheriff Center, and you're booing her dad. Like, that's just... I was embarrassed. So please... Tell your friends, stop booing, be a little more positive. Or you know what? As much as we want to encourage people to come to the game and support the team, don't come. If you're going to be Mr. or Miss, but it sounded like male boos, um, <laughs> and usually men are the one that will boo openly like that, uh, don't come to the game. We, we don't need your negative vibes. All right. So just had to end with that rant. Way past the, the bottom of the hour, so we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the in den the with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports so Radio Network, ninety-five point one FM and AM seven sixty. We fell in love as the leaves turn brown. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all be the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani and DJ Pauly B. Except you booers out there. I mean, if you listen to the show, we do appreciate you, but always do. You, you you lose the beautifulest title. You'll just be a beautiful person. Well, I don't know, because you boo. You boo our home team. That's okay. If it's a one-time thing, okay. I am okay. I am a forgiving okay. person. But <laughs> this is your one and only warning. Paul this made a good a... point. Again, that's not Hawaii people. That's New Yorkers. That's the Chicago people. Sometimes that's big city, LA. Philly. Philly. Oh, yeah, Philly. Like that, That's those people. Yeah. That's, that's not the big us, city people, man. So, again, just... If they're sitting next to you, give them a look, give them stink eye maybe, and tell them, like, knock it off or something. That's not what we do here. Yeah. We, especially not, <laughs> that, okay, that's the part, gosh, I'm going to continue this rant, because it's just, it still was, like, hurt my heart so much, because, again, like how Paul said, it's like, that's not what we do. We don't boo our home team, and it killed me that it was the beginning of the game when they announced, it was the start, they announced starting lineups, and then at the end of the starting lineups, they announced the head coach, and it was at the beginning of the game when they announced the head coach, Aron Gannat, is when you heard booze. And I'm like, are you serious? The g- this is when we're supposed to get excited. We're supposed to cheer. We're supposed to encourage this team because, hey, we need to win. Can't start it with negative vibes. Come on. Give me a break. 
All right. it, it was so frustrating. And dude. scene. And scene. Because <laughs> I need to move yeah, on. Yeah, we got to move on. All right, all right, all right, all right. But yes, spread the news. Tell your friends. Don't boo. Uh, all right, going over to the women's side, though, uh, getting the win on the road at Cal Poly, 63-59. Little, got a little too close for comfort. Hawaii would gain like significant leads and then kind of kept it close. But a win is a win, as we thought, just like we mentioned. Splitting on the road is what you want to do. And man, three schools at the top in the women's basketball side for the Big West Conference. You got UC Irvine, UC Santa Barbara, and Hawaii all at seven and two at the top of the Big West. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a fun, like, back half of the conference season. Let's go. It's going to be so exciting. There are so many good teams, so much good talent. I mean, we've seen the Bows, the Rainbow Wahine go on the road, and now. They, they've lost the game, and tell you what, it was a tough game. Um, all the credit in the world to Santa Barbara. They look yeah. like a phenomenal team, but a great job by the Rainbow Wahine to come out on Saturday and respond with a win against a quality Cal Poly mm-hmm. team. They went up a, a good amount, but Cal Poly did not just kind of let go of the rope as the game ended there, and Mustangs gave as much as they possibly could to try and give a scare to UH mm-hmm. and... In the end, you come up with that split that we talk about all the time on this show that you need to get when you go on these road trips, especially the big-time road trips where it's you're playing two of the top four teams in your conference, two of the top three teams other than yourself. To come up with a split is what you needed to do. They took care of business. Now they come home. Now they want to win two in a row and then hit the road once again. And by the way, Cal Poly is right behind Hawaii in the standings as well. So Cal Poly, UC Davis quality teams that are right at Hawaii's heels sitting at six and three yeah they are really 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 good and it's one of those things where you can't have a day off you can't have a game off because if you do you will lose so much ground in the big west think about what you just said right where you have three four teams tied at the top First place, Mm -hmm. Cal Poly just lost, what, I think their third game of the season, their third conference game of the season, Mm -hmm. and that drops them all the way down into, like, fifth place in the Big West. That's insane. It's insane. The the competition in the conference is really, really nice to see. It's cool, and it's really going to come down to the wire. Got a lot of fun basketball on the way here in the next couple of months. Yep, so we want to see you guys out at the Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center this Thursday and Saturday Game times are at 7 o'clock p.m. I also have to remind everyone that kids are free. Just by the way, (laughs) bring the keiki. The kids. The kids. All right, got to step aside. We'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Ku'ule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. All right, I think I'm regrouped. Got it. <laughs> I think. No promises throughout the last 10 minutes of this show. Who knows? <laughs> we'll try. All right. Uh, getting you caught up with some other local sports going on. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this yesterday, but it's the start of the new uh, WSL Championship Tour. So the holding period right now for the Lexus Pipe Pro is going on. And Carissa Moore is actually a final uh, professional surfing competition that's crazy so um it started the holding period started yesterday and goes till february 10th 
uh, it's off for today. So next call is in about 23 hours. So tomorrow morning, we'll see if it happens. Lexus, Pipe Pro, and get you guys updated should all of that stuff happen. All right. Uh, going over to the OIA girls basketball side, we talked a little bit about it yesterday as you can hear both Division One and Division Two championship games tomorrow on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Uh, in Division One, Kahuku beating Radford 66-37 and Kahuku just looks amazing. I mean, Radford, they have uh, solid players like such as Julissa Bollinger, who we're very familiar with after the last couple of seasons, Ajaira Villanueva, but Kahuku is just so dominant, especially with like the Ava Wiley and sisters and cousins, and they are so good. Like, It'll be interesting to see how Campbell competes with Kahuku. Campbell coming off of a double overtime win over Moanalua, 57-55. And it's, <laughs> poor Paul over here was in our group text with myself and Michael, but he doesn't have Spectrum, so we were trying to give him updates. <laughs> so I was at home watching it on Spectrum, and then Michael was on site uh, taking photos and whatnot that you can see at Hawaii Sport at on our social media at high sports radio but so we're trying to like and then i'm trying to give paul updates but at the same time i know technically my tv is somewhat delayed from where michael is where it's live and then obviously it still has to get texted out and paul has to see it so in my mind because the game was coming down like to the wire especially at the end of regulation and then the first overtime and the second overtime i was like i wonder if like by the time it goes to Paul, my update, and then Michael will look at it and be like, the game's over. Already. I was just waiting for that text to be like, uh, cool, the game's over. Like, oh, no, my okay, God. never mind. But it, nonetheless, <laughs> I mean, Moana Lua had quite the opportunities to win it. We talked about it during last week's high school uh, broadcast that this was a rematch of last year's OIA Division One championship game. And Moana Lua, as I mentioned before, they wanted this. They wanted Campbell. They took that championship away from them <sighs> just and once dumb. again so it's like so close but yet so far so congrats though to Campbell they will face Kahuku and you guys I think this game is going to be exciting and knowing both fan bases it's going to be rocking at Pearl City High School uh good luck to Reed and his staff because it's going to get a little rowdy yeah, tomorrow <laughs> It's going to be super exciting. The reason I was so curious about it was I was doing the updating on our website on the backside of our program guide because you can catch the girls basketball championships on our airwaves tomorrow, in fact. So I had to update it with the teams, obviously, first the Division Two, and then I was waiting on the Division One to hit update on the site and at first, it was at the end of regulation, so I'm like, oh, who won? And then they're like, oh, it's going to overtime. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, okay, whatever, whatever. Now it's going to overtime, and I think it was like a four- or five-point game in yeah. that first overtime, and I think Moana Lua was up, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. So I had written Moana Lua into the program guide it's ready fault, to Paul. update it, and I didn't hit update. I just I sat and I waited. I waited, and I was like... Is it final? Hello? Like, is it final? And then they're like, double overtime. I said, oh my goodness. And then obviously the Sabres coming out. Now op an opportunity to win their third consecutive mm -hmm. OIA title, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I mean, not only that being a huge feat, but just the fact that they had not even won any OIA titles in girls basketball prior to that 2022 title that started the back-to-back. -back. So... I mean, what Hal head coach Allison Corpus has been able to do there has just been phenomenal. 
And the same can be said about what feels like a dynasty basketball team being built out in Kahuku. Their head coach actually of Kahuku was on the team, uh, was played basketball for Kahuku back when I was playing and she and their squad back then in 04, 05, I believe, went back to back with the OIA. So, I mean, it's like it's coming full circle and same, you know, family. It's it's going to be insane. So what they are building at both schools, no matter what happens tomorrow, is just it's going to be really fun basketball. So if you guys are going to be there, we'll see you guys there. If you have Spectrum, you can watch it on OC16. And if you don't, you can listen right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. And also listen on demand at hawaiisportsradio.com the next day. And then on the Division Two side, we will have Farrington and McKinley. That game starting at 5.30 p.m. And then the Division One game between Kahuku and Campbell to follow at 7.30-ish, depending what happens, obviously. Give or take. Yeah. It's going to be super, super fun. Another really exciting day. I'm glad you talk about Kahuku Campbell and how loud that's going to be. We're excited for McKinley Farrington as well. And like you said, Koo, plenty of options for the beautiful people to take on in the game if they can't take it in on per- or in person. Our friends over at OC16 always uh, doing a good job with uh, with high school sports. And then, you know, we're your go-to place for OIA athletics, beautiful people. 95.1 FM, AM 760, and com. I just love, like, when I was watching the game yesterday, both games, I'm like, I just love how girls basketball, and we talk about it all the time, and women's basketball is just, like, taking so many strides because I feel like when I was playing, like, the we had athletes, but, like, they're, like, ballers now. And, like, a lot of us were cross-sport athletes because back when I was playing, um, basketball season was not the same time as soccer season, so I could play both. Now it's the same time, so you can't play both. But now I, I watch these girls, and I'm like, they're just straight ballers. Like, I mean, Kahuku, back then, like, they had the size and some skills. Now, like, they're, they have the size, but they are so athletic, and the way that they handle the basketball and the way that they shoot, I mean, it's so pretty to watch. So shout out to all of the coaches and the development of girls basketball here in Hawaii because it's been really fun to watch. Don't care, Campbell by seven. There's there's my prediction, Campbell Ooh. by seven. Okay. Kahuku's been rolling for too long. Campbell's got the experience in the tournament, and uh, just like we saw with the Lions, the Young Guns, they're not quite there yet. They need another year wow. of experience. Look Boom, Campbell Paul. by seven. Look at Paul. I will not pick <laughs> because I am on the broadcast for this tomorrow, so I will not pick. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to face yeah. the music yeah. either way. Yeah. Um, Paul isn't on the call tomorrow, so Division 2 will be Kyle Galdera and Michael Lescaro, and then myself and Kyle will have your Division 1 action. But because I am you know, calling the Division 1 game, we will step out of the predictions for what will happen (laughs) it's gonna be a fun game either way i have not seen either team play more than once this year so it's not really anything further than just kind of vibes for me two really fun teams four really fun teams what am i talking about tomorrow's gonna be such a fun day for any basketball fan we just called yeah that farrington game a couple of weeks ago they look like a really solid team i haven't seen mckinley this year but we called a mckinley game last year and they are usually like the numbers wise, they have a small team, but they just play really good basketball. All you need so, five. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's I all. think that's what they had last year, like six maybe. So jokingly, 
not jokingly, I guess. My sis, my little sister, when she played junior varsity basketball, uh, she moved up as an eighth grader, and they called them the Groton Six because they had six players. And they ended up they ended up having a pretty good year. So once again, it's not about really strength in numbers as much as it's strength in skill. And as long as you have it, and, and McKinley does. Well, you'll you'll see some pretty good basketball out there. And that's pretty close. When I look at their roster, they have nine players rostered. So Whoa. about about the same size. Massive roster. Yeah, about the same size of last year, but I think they only like put around six in rotation. Again, haven't seen them play this year. Uh, tomorrow will be the first time, but seen all the other teams, and it's going to be some fun basketball. All right, going over to the other sport that is very near and dear to my heart, the Motivate Foundation HHSAA Girls Soccer State Championships are happening this week. First round results, Baldwin over Moanalua 4-2, and they will move on to face the number one seed in Punahou on Thursday. Mililani coming up over Kaiser 5-3. They move on to the quarters to play number four Hilo. Waiakea hosting Kapole out there on the Big Island, beating Kapole 3-0. So they will play the number two seed in Campbell and Kamehameha Schools Kapalama Easy win over our friends at Waipahu 5-0. And we'll move on to play their fellow Kamehameha schools on Maui. Uh, so quarterfinal action again on Thursday. And for Division 2, their first round starts tomorrow. But the first round bye goes to number one seed Kauai, uh, Pac-5, number two seed Kamehameha schools Hawaii, and number three seed Kalani that will play on Thursday. So first round matchups for the Girls tournament is Lelehua and Wailua. Shout out to our friend Darnell Arsenal. Uh, Seabury Hall and HPA, Radford and Waimea, and then Kapa'a and Farrington. So lots of action as I, you know, our Michael Escaro, when he was in here yesterday, I kind of gave him a look when I was going through everything happening this week. And he already knows he has a long week ahead of him. So do the rest of us. But you know what? Is it really work, though? Either way, we got to go for Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye.